Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of For Whom the Podcast Tolls here on November 29th, 2016. This is the official podcast of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls.com, Mississippi State's Espionation Site. I'm Daniel Black, not your host, and joining me is your normal host, Ethan Lee. Hello, Ethan. How's it going? Woo! <laughs> it has been a I, while since we've done this. Yes, and uh, this is such a um, grand opportunity to do so. <clears throat> I think the last time you were on, you were calling for Dan Mullen to be fired. Um, in my short prisoner of the moment, three-day stretch of time after our loss to <laughs> South Alabama. That awful, awful loss to South Alabama. But guess who just Um, lost to the team that lost to South Alabama? The Ole Miss Rebels. Yup. Ethan, do you remember back in the olden days? um, Are you implying that I'm old? Yes, you were 70 years old. Because I I did have a, a kid tell me this weekend that, Ethan, you look 30, you're old. Thanks, kid. Uh, why did someone say that to you, by the way? Because he was a kid. Just some kid. Um, that's just great. It, it um, do you remember church. back in the you remember back in the olden days, um, when I would play a fight song of the team that beat Ole Miss? No. Back in like last year, do you not remember uh, that? In I our SEC think... recap, I would play the re- the fight song of the team that beat Ole Miss. I think you did that once with, like, Florida. I, I did it for Florida. Yeah, well, let's see if this works. That doesn't work. That didn't work. That's not our fight song. I think it leads that into the fight song. Well, is, it, um, is this going to um, work? Um, yes, this works. you got to clap, Ethan. you got to clap. Why aren't you clapping? My phone just Aren't you off. clapping? My phone shut off. Okay, oh, we man. beat – yeah, so that was disaster. <laughs> we beat Ole Miss. We did beat uh, Ole Miss. 55-20 to 20 was the final score of this game. Dear Lord, Ethan. Yeah. We did it. it was... we, 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 we absolutely curb stomped them. We – to quote – I'm going to be quoting Brian Haydad on, on the B&B show plenty of times today because he uh, – didn't he? I couldn't say anything he said better than he did. But to quote Brian Hanna, we kicked their ass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody expected two this years, game to go this way. Two years of hell. Two years of misery. Two years of crippling depression that we haven't really been <laughs> able to get over at the hands of those mother bleepers over at Oxford because I'm pretty sure plenty of them actually bleep mothers. We did it. And we guess what? We did it in as emphatic of fashion as you could ever imagine. We beat them by the greatest margin of victory a Mississippi State team has had over that slime ball school and the fake Oxford by 35 points, the biggest margin of victory in 100 years. We beat them. 50 Five to 20, we just, we grabbed them by the throat, didn't let go. We threw them on the ground. We put a bullet in their chest, and we grabbed a dagger and stabbed them and stabbed them and stabbed them and stabbed them, cut them into pieces and put them underneath the floorboards, put the floorboards in a bag and throw them into a river. Threw the river into the sun. The river, the, into a black hole. the river yeah. is the river the river was Man. blue and it was mixed with red, just like Ole Miss's colors. It feels so, so good after those last two games. Ethan, I would like to read you a quote. Yeah. Brian Haydad read this quote and I was very happy he did. I give him all the credit in the world for reminding me of this. I told you before the show that it was an Ole Miss player. And I didn't tell you who it was. I'm going to read you the quote, and you're going to guess the player. Ready? Okay. I want to be a freshman All-American. I want to have a breakout game against Florida State. I especially want to have one against Mississippi State. I want to have at least four touchdowns against them. It's personal. Does his name start with A and then end with J? Is he from Starkville, Mississippi? Yes, that piece of 
oh man, I really that piece of junk. Guess what he had? Guess guess how many of those happened? Guess how many that, of those happened? None. Zero. None of those things yep. happened. I'm going to read you uh, A.J. Brown's stat line from this game. You know uh, how he said, you know, I want to have four touchdowns? You know how he said that? You know how great yeah. that was? He had three catches for 41 yards. And one of Real them impressive. was – one of those catches was 25. 25, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it. He's a piece of shit. No yeah. one likes him. I feel like Ole Miss fans like him. Well, yeah, because they're pieces of shit. Gosh. You're going to get us in trouble here. They're pieces of poop. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Ethan, I wanted to tell you um, that this is my favorite Egg Bowl ever um, because my my other two Egg Bowl, favorite Egg Bowls um, had a combined um, points differential of 10 those two games being 2013 and 2007. And here we are in 2016 where um, uh, we outscored that combined margin of victory by 25 points. Um, The spread going into the game, I believe, was Ole Miss by 10. So we outscored Vegas by 45 points. Um, Hey, you know that there's an Ole Miss fan in Vegas. He goes by Vegas Rebs. Oh, yeah, that guy. We outscored Vegas Rebs by 45 points. Yes, take it, Vegas Rebs. <laughs> Jason is your name. Yeah. Um, you know how I was talking about before the show, even that I uh, had a comparison I was going to make that I completely forgot. Yeah. Oh, uh, I remembered it now, and I'm going to get into it later. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about the game, shall we? That sounds great. A 55 to 20 victory, uh, Ethan. Going into this game. If we were to outscore Ole Miss, if we were to beat them, not beat them by 35, because I don't think anyone expected that, but just Nobody to beat them, that. what did we have to do? Can you maybe say a specific hashtag that one of the comrades um, at For Whom the Cowbell Tolls made? I made it. Oh, you made it? I didn't know that. Justin, well, well, Justin made the phrase, I made the hashtag, we made it a campaign and lifestyle. And it is oh, hashtag always run never pass. Well, we had 457 rushing yards. Isn't that like the most they've given up in school history? Yes. We had, yeah. guess how many passing yards we had? Uh, let's see. Where, where, where are you? We had 109 passing yards. 109. And 400, 457 pass, rushing yards. We had um, 17 passing attempts and 47 rushing attempts. That's, you know, still That's not 17 like passing attempts run. too many. That's not quite always run, never pass, but it's as close as you can possibly get. We had a lot of big plays in this game. It wasn't just, you know, grinded out. It wasn't just these quick drives either. It was, we had a lot of big plays, including those three passing touchdowns. All of which. Oh, yeah. Plays. But if we're going to oh, continue God, that was talking. Loud. What was got loud? really loud just for like one second. Hurt my oh, ears. Well, I, I apologize. <laughs> Um, but if we're going to talk about big plays <laughs> and if we're going to talk about running the ball, uh, yeah. Nick Fitzgerald averaged 18.4 ru- yards per rush. Yes. 18.4. Uh, that what yep. Now you may be asking, uh, how many yards and how many carries is that? That is 258 yards from 14 carries. Those 258 yards, by the way, the most rushing yards in a single game in Mississippi State history among any player – quarterback or running back breaking Booby Dixon's performance against Kentucky in 2009, which I, which was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in my life. And Holy crap. He beat it by a mile, beat it by a mile. He um, is now third amongst sec quarterbacks when it comes to rushing yards. Correct. With one more uh, game yes, to play. Behind Cam Newton and Johnny Manziel. Yeah. He's, and this is his first year as a starter. He's done this in 11 games. Really come a long way this season. Once he, improves, once he improves as a passer, he will be the most, one, arguably the most lethal quarterback in the Southeastern Conference. I think he's already in the top three going into next season. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Shea Patterson, and uh, Nick Fitzgerald. I don't know what uh, order I'd put them in yet, but that is he, my top three. 
to the state fans that are bashing Shea Patterson, will you please shut oh, up? Shut up. He is amazing. He is because so you talented. Know, because he's great at scrambling. He can get out of any kind of any kind of any kind of attack, any kind of pressure on him. You saw it plenty of times. He was able to make big plays out of very terrible situations um, against us. Um, I'll say this. I got tired, and my dad got really, really pissed when Jesse Palmer kept bringing up Johnny Manziel, but he looked see, just like Johnny Manziel on that field. I remember why I watched uh, the second half of the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game, and I've never heard an, announce, an announcer uh, quite like uh, Brent Musburger talking about Shea Patterson. I don't think he's been that erect since Catherine, Re- since Catherine Webb. Oh, um, but anyway... <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, where do we? Okay, so let's talk about Nick Fitzgerald's stats as a whole. See, I never talk about these things, but with a win like this, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about Nick Fitzgerald. And I'm going to make a point about Fitzgerald once you uh, get done with your thoughts. Up to this year, you know, I I said it before the Ole Miss game. I wrote a pretty lengthy piece on it. It had some cool graphs and stuff. Um, that Nick Fitzgerald is already the second best quarterback under Dan Mullen at Mississippi State. We have to put that caveat in because you've got Tim Tebow in there, and technically Cam Newton qualifies, and Alex, and Alex Smith. Smith. Oh gosh, yes, I just said it. And Alex Smith. You also got really loud again. Um, well, then how about I talk just like over here? Fight me. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, but when you win the Egg Bowl, when you win it in this fashion. He cements his status. There's nobody, you know, Chris Ralph had a pretty good year in 2010. Uh, Tyler Russell had a pretty good year in 2012. But what Nick Fitzgerald has done this year, um, 35 total touchdowns, 3,000, over 3,500 yards. His stats are just incredible for a first-year starter in a system where he has been up and down. He's been inconsistent. He had, what, 80 yards against Kentucky throwing? His yeah, season I think that's has correct. Been- he has come so far in the month of November. It really started that last game of um, October against Samford, but his, his rise through the end of October into November, even with uh, completing 10 of like 33 passes against Alabama, where it felt like there were 23 drops. Um, he has had just a phenomenal season. Um, mm-hmm. And now you've got Aries Williams to go right there with him running the ball. This duo, yes. if you can get an offensive line built out of those three JUCO linemen coming in, this duo will be very, very good next season. And I think running the ball, they will be better, far better um, than what Robinson and Dak were. Just because Fitzgerald doesn't, he's not proven himself as a passer. And I think that Williams can be more physical of a runner than Josh Robinson. I'm going to say something here about Nick Fitzgerald and it involves coaching. Um, I've seen complaints on Twitter and it's kind of inevitable and it's pretty obvious that Dan Mon is, is a stubborn human being. Um, and uh, I think most people have been complaining about Dan Mullen's stubbornness towards uh, the running backs and how he's been starting Ashton Shumpert and Brandon Holloway throughout the year instead of Aries Williams when Aries Williams was the four star. Um, coming out of West Point. Um, yep. But you have to credit Dan Mullen for being stubborn at the quarterback position. Sure, he didn't yeah. start Nick Fitzgerald. He didn't play him the entire time against South Alabama, and that may or may not have cost yeah. us. But after that South Alabama game, he said Fitz is the guy against Carolina. After the Carolina game, he had a t- he said Fitz is the guy against LSU. He had a horrible performance against LSU when Damian Williams shined. Fitz will be the starter for the next Stuck game with and the next game 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 that resulted in terrific performance. He, I mean, he didn't have a good performance through the air against Kentucky. He had a good performance on the ground against Kentucky. He had a good performance. And against that's A&M. He had a good performance yeah. against Ole Miss. Parts of the reason parts, part contribution part of the reason. to Mississippi state's part, part. Yeah, sure. Part of the reason yeah. towards Mississippi State's wins against Texas A&M and Ole Miss was not only offense, but our defense played well. If our defense would have played remotely well, we would have beaten Kentucky. We, beat, we lost to Kentucky by two points with one of the worst defensive performances I've ever seen in my entire life. 
Now, yeah. with that, now Fitz didn't have a great performance through the air against Kentucky. I've said that he had a pick six in that game. He may have may not have had another interception. I, could, I may not be remembering correctly, but he had a good performance I on the ground. I think he had two, but don't quote me on that. So you have to credit Dan Mullen for being stubborn in that situation. If you remember, I mean, back in 2013, he, with, I'd say it was a bit more justified in 2013 to not to have back and forth Tyler Russell and Dak Prescott. Um, at that time, it was justified. Looking back, you would you would have complained, but at that time, it was more justified than it is now. But this year, he truly realized that, hey, Nick Fitzgerald is the future. Um, I don't care what you think. We are going to start him throughout the entire season. And you have to give credit to him for all of the criticism Excuse me, that Dan Mullen has received throughout this entire season. That is something you have to give credit to. You have to give him credit for being stubborn in a good way towards Nick Fitzgerald. Anybody that at this point wants to bash Dan Mullen is just nitpicking. They are, I mean, you can give criticism, give criticism for some of his play calls, give criticism for the way he interferes with play calling, give criticism of the defensive coordinator positions, but don't bash him. I said it to you before the show. It's like people who wanted Cohen fired after we won the SEC. Yeah, I, I, yes, there is a certain commenter that we are both thinking of, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but as I have, you know, I told you before the show, uh, we talked about it back in early November when we beat A&M. Um, with that win over then fourth-ranked A&M, when they were still rolling, when they were still a good team before they lost to a bad team in Ole Miss. Um, and <laughs> with, <laughs> <laughs> and, with like the win, and with the win over Ole Miss, the very dominant win, the biggest win over Ole Miss in a hundred, you know, a hundred seasons, a hundred years, ten decades, um, with those two wins, nobody should be calling for Dan Mullen's job for the next five seasons. Nobody. And I, this is coming from someone that was very critical of Dan Mullen and where he was in his job security early on in the season. Absolutely. And I mean, sports are dynamic. They are not static. Teams improve, they regress. We have seen this Mississippi State team improve so much, not just Nick Fitzgerald, but the team as a whole. I mean, the offensive line looked good this month. For the, mm-hmm. you know, it took them way too long, but they finally looked good. Um, we have seen moments of brilliance from the defense, as you mentioned. Yeah. So, the fact that we have seen the team improve, we have seen Dan Mullen's demeanor. He seems invested again. You know, I mean, it, this is like two thousand. This is like two thousand nine, two thousand thirteen. Maybe not quite two thousand nine, but this is two thousand thirteen. Dan Mullen, we're saying, it's the same thing. And I've seen a lot of people on Facebook say, "Oh, well, he shouldn't be smoking a cigar. Oh, well, he shouldn't be doing this." Screw that. Let him smoke the friggin' cigar. Let him smoke all the cigars he wants. I don't care if you want to start giving him. Cuban cigars. Fidel Castro just died. Buy all the Cuban cigars. Bring them to Starkville, Mississippi, and let them smoke them. We beat the round by 35. Dan Mullen can do whatever he wants at this point, and I will personally fight anybody that tries to say otherwise. I'm going to caveat that you drive to Temecula. You drive to Temecula, and I will totally meet you there. Um, So. Um, I'm going to, but I'm going to talk about a a little bit of the future of the Mississippi State running game, okay? Yeah. State fans should know this, but we've got a running back coming in in our upcoming recruiting class. It was a four-star from Columbus, Mississippi, named Kylan Hill. Um, In the year 2010, an ancient long time ago year, uh, we had two running backs by the name of Vic Ballard and Ladarius Perkins, alongside a rushing running quarterback named Chris Ralph. Vic Ballard yep. and Vic Ballard got a majority of the carries at running back. Vic Ladarius person, Perkins got a, got a really good number, and we remember his performance yep. in that year's Egg Bowl. It was pretty Imagine. good. It's basically the recreation of the Ralph Coast offense coming up in 2000. Uh, at this point, I am just going to go ahead and say, do not redshirt Kylan Hill. Put Kylan Hill as the backup running back before, uh, as the backup running back behind Aries Williams, and make Fitz 
Aries Williams and Kylan Ball. Kylan Ball, I, I'm dead. Kylan it Hill. is ten thirty. Ten thirty, and I am I am out of it. But make Fitz, Aries Williams, and Kylan Hill just run the friggin' ball next year. Imagine um, that. There are it's two guys Dick Ballard like and Darius Perkins all over again. There are two guys I'd like to see involved next season because they do add some more diversity to the running game. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not even talking about Malik Deer and Keith Mixon yet because I think you can incorporate them in a lot the way you incorporated uh, Jamie on Lewis and some of those sweeps and such back in 2011 and whatnot. I'm not even talking about them yet. Um, but Dontavian Lee, who is apparently yeah. up to like 240 pounds at six foot one, Mm-hmm. Get him in as a bruising running back. Take some of the carries off Nick Fitzgerald at that point. Um, and then also uh, Alec Murphy. Oh, yeah. So you've got two other bruising running backs there because Alec Murphy is listed at six foot, 230 pounds. Um, mm-hmm. You could get both of those guys carries. And then even like Nick Gibson and garbage time to get him some more carries to keep him moving, um, keep him progressing. But I think you have – you legitimately have a stable of backs. And this is something that we've been looking forward to for a long time. And you have two guys that can pretty much act as fullbacks. We can bring back the formation like we had in 2014, 2013 with Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. We can do a lot of things with this offense running the ball. And if Mississippi state isn't top, you know, three in the sec, when it comes to running the ball next year, we are having a lot of problems. And, you know, as we've established, the future is uh, shining bright at both the running back and the quarterback position for Mississippi State. Not only that, not um, let me talk about quarterback for a second. We have Nick Fitzgerald, and obviously our backup is Nick Tiano. Coming into this recruiting class, we have a four-star quarterback. And this is a guy that you redshirt, let him – you don't burn this sort of quarterback's redshirt. You know, when a quarterback <laughs> is that talented, you do not burn his redshirt because you are dumb if you do. Um I'm liking you today. <laughs> I'm in rare form. I'm feeling good. Um, My uh, phone is at 69%. Not... <laughs> um, so you, uh, you redshirt Thompson when he comes in. Uh, let him develop. Let him learn the system. Let him not waste his redshirt. And then mm-hmm. going forward um, – you know, depending on what happens with Nick Fitzgerald, I don't expect him to go pro anytime soon just because of where he is as a passer. But once mm-hmm. Fitzgerald is gone, you are set to have a really good quarterback competition between Nick Tiano and Keaton Thompson. Um, now let's go to the other side of the ball and talk about the future there. Um, first of all, we have to give credit to Peter Sermon. Uh, the one reason oh I, tweeted be- I tweeted before the game – that we were going to lose 45 to 28. I was telling all my rebel friends, yes, those exist, um, that, you know, we're going to lose because our defense is terrible. No, they were telling me the exact same thing about them, but uh, yeah. and that ended up happening. They were right. I was wrong, but I've never been happier to be wrong in my entire life. Um, <laughs> we scored 20 points in the first half, and this was the first time I've ever seen really good halftime adjustments from the 2016 Mississippi State defense. It was like flipping a switch. It was like breaking the. It was like tearing down the Berlin Wall. Everything changes in one instant. Giving up 20 points in the first half, and giving up zero in the second half. Now I will now. They did drive the ball down a couple of times into our territory. They threw an interception to Joel Peters, which was absolutely beyond incredible. Uh, we stopped oh, them fourth man. down a couple of times. Um, but other than that, this and they get they. I mean, we gave up a a, a crap ton of yards. So they, let's see how many they. We gave up 528 yards. Um, but goodness gracious, we we only held them in 20 points, and this is a really 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 good offense. And this is a really good offense with good receivers that was built to take advantage of our secondary. And then Cedric Giles and Jamal Peters played phenomenally at corner. They absolutely shut down A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Demoria, Stringfellow, uh, Quincy Adeboy. Stringfellow had a good game. Give Stringfellow Stringfellow, Yeah, he he had a good game. But guys like uh, A.J. Brown, Quincy Adeboy, um, I've mentioned A.J. Brown already. 
Eugene Eugene Brasley, uh, Van Jefferson didn't have a great game. The really, according to the stats, just looking at the stats, the only receiver for Ole Miss that had a good game was Demore Stringfellow. That was it. Yeah. Yes. Um, when it comes to total yardage, I haven't found it yet. Uh, but I want to say the majority of their offensive production, even when it comes to yards, came in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't calculated it, and I can't find it anywhere on this stat sheet. But um, let's see. No. Yeah, I, I can't find it here. But you can see their time of possession in the second half was, you know, 12 minutes, 50 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. In the first half, they had over 18 minutes. So you really cut into their amount of time they had the ball. Um, They weren't converting on third downs in the second half. Um, You know, as you mentioned, the fourth down conversions, they were one of four on the entire game. And that that was a fake punt. Let's give Hugh Freeze credit there. That was a phenomenally called fake punt. Great execution. And it it turned the game around in the first half. It allowed them to get back in the game, make it a one-score game when we were up by 17 points. Yeah. Um, Let's talk our favorite, our top three. No, no, no. You go ahead. I wanted to, I'm just going to quickly talk about the future of our defense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we didn't talk about that yet. Jamal Peters. Just listing players. Jamal Peters, Maurice Smitherman, Leo Lewis, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Fletcher Adams. What do these players have in common? They're all very, very young. Yes. And they're all and very, very talented, and they've been contributing. Four or five stars. Yes, yes, four or five stars. Um, this defense is bad or has been bad this season because it's primarily young. Sure, we have guys like A.J. Jefferson and Reggie Brown to bring some experience to that lineup, but this season they haven't really been performing well. But We say that, and then you know, Reggie Brown is also the leading tackler on the team. Yeah, but I'm talking about just throughout the entire season. But we they, see this they struggled game. with the scheme change, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But th- when you have a young defense out there. Yeah, this is going to happen. Yes. Like this year in 2018, uh, it, it's exciting times. Or next year in 2018, they're exciting times. I think we are set, you know, our friend Justin Strawn wrote an article today look, taking way too far ahead, whatever you want to call it, look at 2017. Yeah. Um, and he said that realistically we should have no problems getting back to eight wins. And I have been – I'm more optimistic. I said forever that, you know, we were never going to get beyond ten wins this year because anybody saying otherwise is really drunk and dumb. Um, that was our cap. That's our ceiling for this season. And we fell way below that, obviously. I expected us to get eight to nine wins to be realistic. I, I think nine I, said, coming in I said seven. And I was you said one wrong. below. Yeah. yeah. Um, nobody expected us to have such a drop like what we did. You know, we knew things would be rough replacing Dak. We didn't expect it to be as bad yeah. early on. Um because it was just truly god-awful early on. And then Spencer mm-hmm. Hall tweeted something. Um, he tweets a lot of things. But he brought up what a lot of fans need to realize is that uh, he tweeted two tweets, uh, one about Mississippi State, one about Ole Miss. Uh, the one about Ole Miss being that their trajectory, you know, they dealt with a lot of injuries. A lot of teams do, though. And Hugh Freeze and the coaching staff, you know, they did not improve as the year wore on. Yeah, and that's obviously not what Spencer Hall tweeted in those words. Um, I might be confusing that with a Red Cup Rebellion tweet as well. Might be mixing the two. Um, but then Hall brought up that Mississippi State started off awful, just a total dumpster fire, found a way to get rolling, and then put a spike in the uh, our, yeah. our rival's head. Absolutely. The, you know, biggest way possible. So the fact that Mississippi State was able to deal with the adversity early on, because both teams ended up at, you know, I think, what, three, four games in, they had identical records. Mm -hmm. Um, Granted, Ole Miss had 
losses that were not as bad as Mississippi State. Mississippi yeah, our State. schedules this year were uh, pretty uh, pretty drastic and different. Yes, but the fact that Mississippi State was able to deal with that adversity early on, was able to find a way to overcome the awful loss to South Alabama, um, the heartbreaking loss to BYU, the heartbreaking loss to Kentucky, find ways to overcome that, and then you know blow out this way and beat A&M. It's just incredible. Just incredible the way the seasons ended in completely different spots despite the overall record being the same. Absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> what do you want to do now? I have something in mind, but I'll uh, do what you want to do. Well, we have questions coming up. Um, um, how about we do something before oh, – I propose something we need to do on the show. We just kind of have to. Um, sure. Do you want to do this before or after? Make fun of Ole Miss fans. Uh, can we read the Justin Strawn moment? Moment that Justin Strawn made and then read some of your tweets? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm just going to read tweets from one account. Yeah. We're going to read, yeah. or I'm going to read, Ole Miss fans roast Hugh Freeze after Egg Bowl loss by Justin Strawn. Absolutely. Um, from Hunter Lawrence at Hunter Lawrence at Coach Hugh Freeze. Why do we suck? That's a good question. From Jonathan Hodges at JW Hodges 16, go back to Briarcrest. Oh, I mean, Briarcrest is a fantastic institution, a couple of about 20 minutes away from where I am right now. Uh, I think um, that's a good idea on his part. Briarcrest has a good football program right now, uh, but they haven't won a state title in a little while, so um, may as well go back. Um, from Will East, and I'm not reading yeah. all of these. I'm just reading some of my favorites. Um, at Will East one, hey mm-hmm. Coach you Freeze, if you're reading this tweet, stop all caps stop. You should be looking for some coaches for the defense. Why are you even tweeting them then? Well, we all know that Hugh Freeze has this awful tendency to check Twitter. Uh, well, you know, uh, cough, cough. Uh, what has Ross Bjork been doing recently? Cough, cough. Uh huh. Um, the uh, Brad... may, I say, may I say the future former Ole Miss athletic director, probably oh, by the 2017 football season, Ross Bjork. Brad Logan. From yep. Oh, our, our good friend. Oh, our good friend Brad Logan. If our, no, to... our totally unbiased uh, media member friend Brad Logan. If Hugh Freeze took over a program in the wilderness, then what is this? Oh, he seems angry. Oh, he's he mad. seems a little. Our totally unbiased, uh, non-red and blue tinted glasses, uh, old Miss friend Brad Logan seems pretty angry. And then here, there's one more tweet I want to read, but it's okay. not in this thread. It has to do with um, the uh, tweeting of Ole Miss. Yes. Zach Berry from Red Cup Rebellion went on this long Twitter thread um, talking about what he, his thoughts on the season and whatnot. The thread starts out with, after sitting on Jackson Avenue for an hour and driving another hour, I've got some thoughts. Um, goes through this long thread of discussing the season, discussing this game, uh, mentions injuries, mentions um, the fact that we got, or they got run rules at home against the rival um, but my favorite tweet in this entire thing and change Hugh Freeze's Twitter password, write it down, seal it in an envelope and throw it in the Mariana trench. That's yeah. fantastic. And you know, so, Hugh Freeze reads that because he searches for his name. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to read you some tweets, um, from the Twitter account at O M rebel nation. Um, this Twitter oh, account, um, their Twitter bio is Ole Miss Awesomeness, presented by Oxford Exxon, driven by Cannon Motors. Oh, wait a minute. I need to ask this question. Who who beats a Cannon deal? Nobody. <laughs> um, and they're eating Oxer, Oxford Crystal. Go Rebs. Um, so I'm going to read you some of their tweets. Um, <clears throat> Spirit Ben, Ben Garrett tweeted, DK Metcalf is dressed out and going through warm-ups. OM Rebel Nation responded before the game, losing the red shirt. Worth it if it means winning the Egg Bowl. Oh. No. <laughs> um, not worth it. 
when good old Gary Wunderlich made the the opening field goal, he they tweeted. So you know how uh, Ole Miss fans hate it when we say uh, that school up north or Mississippi, it, even though Mississippi, some, even though Mississippi is their proper name. It's lost some, you know, shine that the T. Yeah, but they still acronym. get pissed off. They still get riled up. They don't like it. They they make fun of us for calling them nicknames, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, at 2.56 p.m. Or on uh, November 26, 2016, OM Rebel Nation says, Ole Miss 3, the school beneath us, 0. Um, oh, that's true. At, th- at 3.10 p- uh, p.m., Ole Miss 10, the school on Highway 12, 6. Um, oh. And then he goes on. So you can see that he's pretty confident. You know, he's calling his names and stuff. And then he says, uh, I've oh. never seen so- – yeah, and then yeah. He, and then he says, "I've never seen such pathetic defense." How about this, Starkville Community College, twenty-seven, Ole Miss, seventeen. That's really cute because there's actually a community college in Oxford. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, bovine U, yeah, Bovine U, twenty-seven, Ole Miss, twenty, two hundred fifty-one rushing yards for Moo U in the first half. But Shea Patterson has the Rebs hanging in there. Yeah, I can just go ahead and uh, jerk him off, huh? Um, Hashtag Matt Online. Absolutely. Um, and then he ended up um, saying his last two tweets of the game were humiliating, spelled H U G H M I L A T I N G. And after calling us Moo U, Bovine U, Starkville Community College, the school on Highway 12. And that school beneath us, his final tweet of the game is, final, MSU 55, almost 20. Wait, wait. He has some more words under that. The, that effort, or oh, the effort, the was effort sorry. was sorry. Not as sorry as those tweets. And then um, later, uh, the next day at 9.59 a.m., he tweeted the uh, top 10 television ratings of college football and guess what? Ole Miss is in two of them. They're both Good for losses, you. aren't they? Yeah, both of them are, are losses. Don't blow those games. Yeah, I know, right? You know, this blow is the like, year that uh, Ole Miss fans like blowing about. Shea Patterson. What? Oh, gosh. This was the year what, what? that was supposed to be the big year that Ole Miss did it. Mm-hmm. This was the year early on where, you know, ranked 11th in the nation. 11th in the they country. Were they were expecting to be able to yeah. contend for the SEC. They were expecting to run rule us. They were expecting to beat Alabama, beat LSU, beat, beat Florida Auburn. State. Yeah, they were expecting to be a national power this year. Yeah, and uh, they, just they finished went. last in the SEC West. But you know what? Injuries. Shut up. Because they're the only team ever in all of college football history to deal with injuries. Absolutely. They've been recruiting at a level to where they shouldn't have to deal with injuries anymore. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, injuries are the reason but they suck. this is why Ole Miss is so stupid, because they're not recruiting for depth. They're recruiting for flashiness. Look at the number of wide receivers they have. You know, Texas A&M does the same thing, and that's why they often yes. have these November yes. drops. yes. Except Texas yes. A&M actually recruits the other positions at higher rankings than Matt Wyatt and Richard Cross talked about this on Head to Head uh, before the weekend, and they were talking about yeah. how um, they were they were talking about how Texas A&M and Auburn are two completely different things. Auburn they can still yep. struggle, but they're physical. They have history. Yeah. They have championships. They have this tradition of winning. Whereas Texas A&M they're just flashy and they're like a thin piece of paper that can yep. blow in the wind for a very long time, but eventually have to dare, eventually have to fade out, and it'll eventually tear in half and get stomped on the ground. That's what Texas A&M is. And the funny thing is, they have a big stadium and you know nice traditions and stuff, but they have no history to fall back on. When it comes to winning, they just can't win at the top level. They never have. They yes. have these numbers painted and you know these fake championships they claim and. Um, but a and I don't, I don't know how we even got to A&M on this when we were just mm-hmm. talking bashing Ole Miss. Um, but A&M has this potential to truly be great. They, a lot of tradition there, very passionate fan base. Um, but just as a whole, they, uh, 
you know, and this is the most physical. This is the most physical they have been under Kevin Sumlin when they had Trevor Knight, when they were running the ball well. Um, but when you lose Trevor Knight is when it really started to fall apart. Yeah. So you want to talk about questions? We have questions. Yeah, questions. Answer some questions. I'll get them up. Okay. All right, I've got them. Okay. Question one is from our is our from our friend Corbin. Okay, hey Corbin. Corbin GW fourteen. He asks, "Who's going to be on the show?" Daniel Black and Ethan Lee. Uh, his next question: Someone cool? I think we're cool. Next question: Or is it just Ethan? I'm not cool. Next question. If Fitz stays on the same <laughs> track he's on, could he be better than Dak his junior year? I think that Nick Fitzgerald has more talent around him to work with than what Dak did. Mm-hmm. Um, but statistically, he could have a better year than what Dak did his junior year. But junior year is mean- compared. Yes. He'll, when he'll, it comes to his junior, statistics, yeah. His junior year, he'll have running backs like Aries Williams, Dontavian Lee, Kylan Hill. Uh, his wide receivers will be Donald Gray, uh, Malik Deer, um, Gabe Miles. Gabe Miles. Yeah, Gabe Miles. Uh, we could we could possibly have Aries Williams and some on some uh, use them at receiver possibly. You've Maybe got like a tight end pass like or something. Green. Yeah, for odd green, a bulk of tight ends uh, mm-hmm. that you need to find a way to use. So, so yeah, um, I think he's got more talent to work with. It depends on the offensive line. Dak had a better offensive line. So, well, not his senior year. No, uh, no, no, no. We're talking junior years, 2014 yeah, against yeah, 2017. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, next question is from Andrew Miller at Bulldog Blitz 16. Do you believe there are too many bowls and only teams with a winning record should be able to go? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> as not a this college year. football fan, as a college yes. football fan, let me separate this. Yes. There's my answer as a Mississippi State fan, and then my answer no. as a college football fan. My yeah. answer as a college football fan, there is, yes, absolutely way too many bowls. Uh, my answer as a Mississippi State fan is that we are a program that we cannot afford to pass up on these bowl opportunities. I mean, this would we be the seventh straight bowl game in school history. And this is, we, as it was, and the biggest thing about going to a bowl, it does, really, win or loss doesn't really matter because we still, we're still going to have a propelling point in the next season because we beat Ole Miss. But the bowl practices have, for these young guys. Oh, my gosh. For this team, for as young as our defense is, um, for a young quarterback and Nick Fitzgerald, a young running back and Aries Williams, um, It'll allow us to send our seniors off on a potentially much higher note, or we can just send them off on, you just curb stomped Ole Miss. Either way, we kept Ole Miss out of a bowl. We're going to a bowl. It looks really good. In the state of Mississippi, this looks phenomenal. Absolutely. And if you can go and beat a team, if you can beat a team like Navy or San Diego State with as good as those running games are, that looks good somewhat nationally. So Absolutely. Our next question is from Chandler Knight at Hale State 2000. Do you think we have any juniors that are draft risks? You never know after Beniquez, Duranya, Josh, et cetera. Those are, that, that is actually a trend I never expected to develop under Dan Mullen just because the way he has to develop players. So, like, the past couple of years where you have Josh Robinson and then, like, Duranya Wilson and so on and so forth leave early when they truly aren't ready. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's just strange to me. Um, yeah. I would say Donald Gray would be the one on, like, that fringe. Mm-hmm. Right. But even then, like, I don't think he had a good enough year to really consider that. Yeah. I wish it was set up like college basketball to where they could test the waters a little bit. And then if they truly realize, oh, hey, I'm not ready, let me come back to school, like they could. Yeah. So, um, our next questions are from our friend Lewis. Uh, hey, Lewis, whose, whose name is fifty-five to twenty, Lewis trademark. 
That's pretty good. at MSU Lewis. Number one, do you do do y'all know how much I missed y'all? I assume a lot. Yeah, but I I, I don't know for certain. What was the best thing you had for Thanksgiving, and who cooked it? Hmm. Daniel, you lead with this one. Uh, my stepmother made a really good cheese and spinach casserole. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, my sister, like my dad, is a phenomenal cook. My mom's a phenomenal cook. My sister is a great cook. Great that baker. Didn't answer, that's phenomenal. not answer his question. That's not answering his I'm, question. What I'm saying is there were a lot of great foods, but the one most like unique thing that as a Texan that I missed was kolaches, and my sister made kolaches, so I'm gonna say that. Okay. Like traditional fruit kolaches, they were phenomenal. Okay. Next, what is the appropriate amount of weight to gain during Thanksgiving? Coming from someone who is 6'1", 135, who eats a lot and he eats terribly and has an incredibly high metabolism. 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 I don't know what that is. I mean, I'm one inch taller than you and like 60 pounds heavier than you. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. you're, You're malnourished. Mm-hmm. I'm not malnourished. I'm plenty nourished. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a twig. Yeah. Next question. Favorite play during the Egg Bowl? We discussed this before the show, and I have an answer. I, I mean, uh, we, the, we are the, the same. The, the the only correct the correct answer is Cedric Giles's pick six. Oh, that is the correct beautiful. answer. That was just putting. That was just putting a mountain of whipped cream on an already delicious cake. Um, and I'm not a fan of cherries, so it wasn't a cherry on top. Maybe some sprinkles. I need to go back and rewatch the play. I'm probably going to, like, screen record and have just a clip of it. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to see who the receiver he runs into and, like, steals the ball from and then, like, yeah. breaks Shea Patterson's ankles and then just, like, dances his way into the end zone. He didn't really dance. He just you know, moved in. But it, it just, it was for a guy that has such injury issues is such injury prone. It, that was just such a great play. Um, yeah. And the, the, if you watch the replay, the best part was watching Dan Mullen run alongside him on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan Mullen, I've known, uh, he's, he's, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was happy. He was happy. Yeah. Next up. How many times did Freeze look like he was going to cry during the game? Okay, about um, on television alone, maybe like eight. I want to like. I wish I could have been there on the side with him, just, just like staring like, at him, recording his face, just recording yeah. his face, put it on World uh-huh. Star. World Star. Okay, <laughs> why did my TV not show AJ Brown getting four touchdowns? He said he was going to because he's a liar, just like the remain, just like all of the Ole Miss football program is. Oh. <laughs> Next up, and guess what? He's about to get slammed because it's been it's been it's been proven that he lied to the NCAA. And guess who else lied? Hugh Freeze. Guess who else has lied oh. to the NCAA and lied to the major media? Ross Bjork. Be the most beautiful offseason. That's something that I'm surprised has not gotten more like coverage. That you know, national media folks have said that they were told one thing by the program and then something else happened. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, But anyway, moving on. The new normal. Um, what was your nervousness level? This week, I didn't hear the question. I was yelling. Okay. Uh, next question. What was your nervousness level before the the game? What? What? What was the question from J Dog? Lewis, I'm 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 still on Lewis. I was Didn't just saying just say new, normal. new normal. I was just oh. saying, I was I was oh. making it as a reference to Ole Miss. I thought you were saying J Dog's. Okay. No, I would introduce him with a more <laughs> grand voice. Okay. Lewis's I was next question. What was okay. you, well? Sorry that Lewis had to bring you down so much. Next question. Sorry. What was your <laughs> What was your nervousness level before the game and between each quarter? Before the game, I wasn't nervous because I thought we were going to get shellacked. After the first quarter, meh. 
And at halftime, I thought we were going to get shellacked. After the quarter, it was that feeling of, holy crap, this may happen. But at that time, we gave up that fumble, and they recovered, and they had the ball going into the fourth quarter. And when we stopped them on fourth down and got the ball up 41-20 to 20 in the fourth quarter, I'm like, we're going to do it. So I had the, the realization of, like, this could actually happen, like, in, after the first quarter. Yeah. Well, I, I so never I had have that, those thoughts. I, I had that realization early on that, like, okay, this is a game. We are making a game of this. We are leading it. And then, like, halfway into the second quarter when we take that 27-10 to 10 lead, I'm jumping up and down in my seat. I am like, okay, this is a game. We are going to do this. We are doing the damn thing, and it's happening. We are going to win. They come back. They get within one score. It's like, oh, well, let me just, you know, settle down again. Let me remember that this is Mississippi State. Let me remember that we have our secondary that has been torched all year. Let me remember all the bad that has happened. So when something bad happens, like I am emotionally prepared. Mm-hmm. And then going like before the third quarter, I got excited again. And then, you know, at the end of the fourth or end of the end of the third quarter, I'm again jumping up and down and excited once more. Absolutely. So. Okay. Um, next. Another uh, question. Uh. <laughs> um, Ethan. Ethan. You don't have to answer this question. I'll answer this question. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you stop laughing, and then I'll add that out. I didn't expect that. To go from, like, these semi-serious questions to Ethan, something that's probably serious, but... Just, Ethan, I mean, this is Lewis. Ethan, this is Lewis. <laughs> but, Ethan, once again, don't answer the question, because I will. I'm not. His question is, I rewatched the Egg Bowl Sunday night with my pants down. Was this appropriate? Lewis, the answer is yes. It is yes as long as, like, no kids No, were the around. answer is yes. Good God, the answer is yes. As long as no kids were the around. Just shut up. The answer is yes. Let's move on to the next question. And he asks another question. When can I be on the show? Uh, sure. I, I mean, I want to get guests on. I've said this multiple times. I need to have a regular schedule of doing the show. I'm so busy between this and like my research job and then school and then trying to have a personal life on top of that, that things are just so hectic. Um, But Mm -hmm. if I can ever get this show to be semi-regular, I want Daniel to be on the show a little bit more often as a guest since he's on and off. And it's been a while since I've had you on and I enjoy having you on the show. Um, I want to, I want to get Mr. Vanderlip on the show. I want to get, if J dog could ever do it with like a Darth Vader voice changer, I'd love to do it with, J-Dog imagine imagine J Dog with a Darth Vader voice on the show. <laughs> I would I've never heard the man's voice. I, it'd be phenomenal. I have um, and then I want to get Lewis on the show as well. So Okay. We have but a I need to get fancy... like, my life. I need to get my life in order before any of that can happen. Okay. Uh, we have a very fancy schmancy question graphic. As always, from our good friend, Mr. Vanderlip, the large, mar- the large dog trademark at KT Vanderlip on Twitter. Number one. Yay. Can, <laughs> can you believe the football season start to this point? Um, I really want to play Don't Stop Believing now because this is very appropriate. After his question oh, is, can you believe it? Because at this point, that's just making fun of the fact that we still play that stupid song in the fourth quarter. But it's so great. We have to keep it at this point. No. When we, Ethan, when we are down 38-7 to 7 at the beginning oh, of the no, fourth no, we, quarter to Auburn, we shouldn't, play, we shouldn't play the song. But guess what? Play we played the song, and guess who tweeted it? The Hale State football account. Yeah. So all the times that I've complimented Andrew Piper for, like, all his good tweets, that was a bad, bad tweet. Yeah, yeah. Our, our athletic department sucks. Uh, the question no, is – the question it was, um, sorry, our social media Can't department sucks. Uh, it's, you, uh, even then, they're typically pretty good. They just have these glaring, dumb moments. Now, I'll tell you this. Greg Ellis, no offense to him. He seems like a great guy, but no. No. We're not getting personal on this show. The basketball um, account is atrocious. But, of course, our, our team is atrocious, too. But, anyways, um, 
uh, I don't know, Mr. Vanderlip. That's my answer. I genuinely don't know. It was a weird weird. It was just weird. Uh, I, I, I cannot believe how this season went. I didn't expect it, us to get these last two wins that we did. I somewhat expected us to beat Arkansas. We didn't. The way this season has gone has just been so screwy. It's not even the Mississippi State season. This football season in general has been pretty stupid. Oh, no. This, and the, yes, you are absolutely correct. This college football season has been the weirdest I can remember. Like, can remember Lamar Jackson is the leader of a 9-3 and three Louisville Cardinals team that uh, lost to Kentucky, um, and he's going to win the Heisman by a landslide. Yeah, I, I don't know who you would vote for otherwise, just because Baker Mayfield. The best. Patrick Mahomes would be the other one, just because the no, stats no, are better. No, no, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Texas Tech is five and seven. I know. I, I but you either, can't. That's what I was gonna say. He throws the ball too much, and Texas Tech is god awful. Ethan, look up uh, when you get the chance. Look up um, what's his face. I was just talking about him. Baker what's Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Yes, him. I'll look up his stats. Um, what about Jake Browning? How has he done recently? I don't know. Next question. Thoughts on, a, uh, thoughts on a five-win team going to a bowl game because their student-athletes are students first. America. I take it, yes. Number three, yes, thoughts, on the new athlete, thoughts on the new athletic director. You mean athletic director – um, and extraordinaire of screaming and the person that we can tell does not know the fight song, a word of the fight song in the post-game locker room celebration after the Egg Bowl, John Cohen? Look, I will say this about the man. He looks like he's on elephant tranquilizers since he's been named um, as the he athletic has, director. Like, just watching, I remember, I mean, I'm I, just watching him, like, on the, when, when, like, when, like how Scott Strickland used to go and give things to sponsors, you know he seemed yeah. he seemed you know he seemed like he was born for that. And then John Cohen yeah. has like he he has genuinely no idea what to do. And this is not a knock he against looked, the man. This is incredibly this is like a, this would be an incredible stupid insult against him if I were actually going there. But just looking at him, you could tell that he's just like, why am I here? He's always got this just amazing smile, though, that just like from ear to ear, his grin's always going on. Saw him at the basketball game tonight. He looked incredibly happy at the basketball oh. game. He was on the kiss cam. Um, like they on had the, five couples on the kiss cam because there, there was not many people there. They, they, they were probably the only people at the game. Um, and you. <laughs> um, the student section filled in in the lower bowl a bit, but not much. But uh, that's been the story of Mississippi State basketball for the last five years. Um, yeah, but I saw John Cohen at the uh, sitting. He was 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 John Cohen sitting in the press box? Uh, well, he was sitting in the pro, he was sitting with the press in the opening basketball game of the year, and uh, they showed on the jump. It was hilarious because John Cohen he was sitting next to his wife, and they were sort of just talking to each other throughout the entire thing. And they show on the on the uh, scoreboard a picture of uh, an advertisement for baseball season tickets, and his wife is talking to him, and he just stops what she's doing, hits her shoulder, and points at the video board to look at it <laughs> for the advertisement. <laughs> For baseball season tickets. The dude just seems a lot more like a human being now. But don't you find that hilarious? I was like, hey, look, it's no, Brent no, Rooker and Jake Mangum. He seems, he seems a lot goofier now. Uh-huh. And that, that impersonation that Mangum did was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So You could tell that if cameras weren't rolling, there, were a bit, there would have been a bit more profanities in there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Maybe like every that. single word of the sentence would have been a profanity somehow. <laughs> he would have maneuvered that to make an entire sentence yeah. out of pure profanities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are our thoughts. Uh, number four, thoughts on our new baseball coach, Andy Canazero. We're entering the Canazero zone. I think he's a very, very strong gentleman. <laughs> he can take anybody's he has, a, he has a pretty solid <laughs> upper body. Um I would never want to have the man mad at me. Let's put it that way. He is a very short individual. He is probably Ron Polk's height, but certainly they have completely different body proportions. 
I'm a little teapot, short and stout. Here Except he is like mega stout, and he is—he is not a teapot. He no. is like a kettle on steroids. Oh man, he, um, those he are could throw. He could throw Duty Noblefield away and then build he the could, new one. He could row ten of PJ Flex boats. <laughs> yep, I, I think it's an all right hire. I, I think he's got a lot to prove. I think we're going to take a step back initially. Um, but he's a, a guy for talent. He has an eye for talent. And he's a player's coach. So, All right, those are our thoughts. Number five, I'm, why I'm do optimistic the, about it. Okay. Why do the sports gods hate our men's basketball team? And, by the way, I accidentally skipped a question. We'll get to it. Did you? Yeah, I skipped a question from Daniel Montgomery, but we'll get to it after Mr. V. Oh, okay. Uh, um, Why do the sports gods hate our men's basketball team? I mean, it'll make next year much more fun. Uh, <laughs> this year's going to be uh, rough. This year's going to be rough. Okay. Number but six. I, I, it's a young team. Uh, what have you guys been doing? Um. Well, I, I think I kind of answered this earlier when Lewis asked why he wasn't on the show. I've been trying to get my life together. What have you been doing? Um, I've been trying to get my life together. You've been uh, playing golf, haven't you? A little bit. You're going to become the next Tiger Woods? Yeah, not, I'm not black. Next. Um, oh, I almost forgot. Thoughts on Egg Bowl 2016? Everything. Those are my all thoughts. The Ev- all everything. the alcohol. All of the fun. Well, yeah, not quite. No, not quite. You, you can't drink. May I ask you a question? Here, Ethan, sure. I'm looking at the Egg Bowl stats. Ole Miss had yeah. three different punters in this game. Did they really? Grant Warren, Gary Wunderlich, and Will Gleason. They punted three different guys. What? Yes, they Why? had three different. They had three different punters. Okay, question what? from Daniel Montgomery. Um, more likely, women reach. This is like obvious. More likely, women reach the final four or men make the NCAA tournament. It's women reaching the final four, uh, which is a next to impossible task, knowing some of the upper echelon teams in the country. Um, but still, yes, that's the answer. If they can avoid UConn, I think they can play with anybody this year. UConn, South Carolina, Notre Dame, or Baylor. I don't think Baylor is as impermeable of a barrier as the other three this year. Um, uh-huh. But they are still really good. They're the upper echelon. That said, I, I think if you can avoid UConn, because UConn is like you know, it's just undefeatable. You are not going to beat UConn ever. But if you yeah. can avoid UConn, you can probably get to the final four. Okay, um, in response to Corbin's question of is the only host Ethan, um, Lewis said, if the, if the second host is Daniel, then I'm suplexing my wife. <laughs> oh, well, no. uh, Mrs., Mrs. Lewis, um, I hope um, you're not I, your husband has a future in the WWE. Um, <laughs> Lewis asked... Um, why in the sweet chocolate Christ is <laughs> okay. is steak escape so expensive? I just spent no, thirty two thirty. No, 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 no. He's saying he's saying it all in all caps. Why in the sweet chocolate Christ is steak escape so expensive? I just spent thirty two dollars and thirty two thirty three cents for two sandwiches, two fries, and two drinks. Omg. I've never been to Steak Escape. I've never heard of them. Escape me neither. I have not. Let me Google them. Okay. Uh, Lewis asks. Lewis asks. um, Is the host? Is the host J Dog? He would be awesome right now. Uh, And then J Dog. J Dog says my agent hasn't informed me of any spots. And then Lewis said (laughs) we will give you two dollars. And those are our questions. Is that it? Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. Fun, yeah. fun, fun. Um, 
That egg bowl yesterday, or not yesterday. Yesterday. Something else. I'm still reliving it. That in was. My brain. Um, it's it's marinating in my brain. That that was a uh, that was a uh, certainly certainly a uh, a fantastic football game. And that was yeah. something else. Yeah. yeah, that was absolutely something else. <laughs> oh man! So I don't know when we're gonna be back. I yeah, I have no clue. I can. Uh, tell you. But that was a show. Like that it was what, a show. What happened, what happened just now was a show that exists. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, um, I'm gonna say our little outro, and then I'm gonna play a, a fun song uh, to uh, end it. Um, Go for it. Uh. So yeah, so yeah, this has been uh, Fruit of the Pottery. Even remember how the outro goes, but uh, this has been Fruit of the Podcast Souls. For whom the pottery. Uh, pottery Barn, pottery. not Indeed. from the podcast holes, not sponsored by Pottery Barn. Um, and it's, <laughs> I it's wish we a were. It's a cool pot. Uh, yeah, that's what Tunsil said. Ew. Except pots shouldn't be plural. Yeah. It should be pot. Yep. Uh, do, does Pottery Barn sell gas masks? Uh, and are there do. any? Are there any uh, four-story uh, pottery barns? Because I'm sure we'd be seeing Robert Kim DG jumping out of one. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Go to hell on this. So, uh, for Ethan Lee, I'm Daniel Black. This has been for the podcast. Go to hell, Ole Miss. Enjoy your day. Have a great one. Thank you for listening.